Not sure what to make for dinner? Need some inspiration? Mondays and Wednesdays, join Gabriel and his food hero guests on The Dinner Special. And now, here's your host, Gabriel So. Welcome to The Dinner Special. I am Gabriel So, and I am so excited to have Dennis Prescott of Dennis the Prescott here on the show today. Dennis cooks, photographs, and writes all the time. His food photography is incredible, and I have to confess, I get instant cravings when I see his beautifully made, styled, and photographed food on Instagram and on his blog. You can also find Dennis on foodandwinesfwx.com, where he's also got some really cool videos up. Dennis, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. A pleasure to be here. Awesome. Well, it's totally my pleasure, Dennis. You clearly have a passion for food. Where does this love come from? That's a good question, to be honest with you. I honestly, I feel like I didn't grow up eating in the way that I do now. You know, I was always fed and whatever, but food wasn't a real kind of intricate part of my family life growing up. We ate and then we moved on to the next thing. And then traveling, I spent about 10 years traveling as a full-time musician and traveled all over Canada and the States and into Europe. And I kind of got to experience all of these new culturally diverse places and different kinds of food. And, you know, I remember the first time I was in Montreal and I had Indian food or the first time I was in Vancouver, actually, I had sushi. And, you know, it was kind of this for me, it was almost like a Joe Rogan fear factor moment where I was like, oh, gosh, I I don't know about this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I don't think I really, there was nothing that I didn't initially like. There was that fear and then I just dove right in. And I think that kind of bred that love of food. The cooking necessarily didn't start happening there because I spent, you know, I lived in a 15 passenger van, essentially. But that's where I started to really fall in love with cuisines that I wasn't used to in the Maritimes growing up. Where did you learn to cook? Mm. I mean, you mentioned that (laughs) you were just eating for sustenance, right? But now it's developing into a passion. So how did you learn to cook for yourself? I lived in Nashville for a while, being down there as a guitar player. And being a musician was a wonderful experience as a full-time musician. Got to do a ton of things and travel and everything else, but I did not get paid very well. So, because <laughs> that's the musician's lifestyle. But I had come to really enjoy all of these different foods traveling. And so I kind of decided, well, I can either eat pasta with butter on it, eat at the dollar menu, you know, at McDonald's essentially, or I could learn how to cook. It was one of those three. So I went to the National Public Library. I got a library card, which is the, probably the first library card I've ever had in my entire life, and took out three cookbooks and then just started working through them. And I became absolutely just obsessed with needing to know everything about everything about food and how to make every dish, essentially. So that's kind of where it started for me, honestly, is just in a really in it kind of innocently. I just really wanted to learn how to cook some dishes so that I didn't have to eat junk food anymore, you know. You know, it sounds like, you know, you were really motivated when you decide to focus on sort of really, you know, cooking for yourself. Was there someone that encouraged it or was was it pretty much, you know, your own challenge to yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, the people around me encouraged it for sure, <laughs> you know, because they like to try it. My friends seem to call me all or nothing guy. If I'm really passionate about something or if I'm into it, I'm really into it and I want to know everything. You know, I it was the same with when I started when I was a kid and I wanted to learn how to play guitar. It's the same. You know, I really like history. It's the same with that for me. And food was the same thing. And now food and photography are the same thing with me. I just want to know everything about everything. And kind of that just for whatever reason with food and with uh, photography has just that fire has kept fueling constantly. It's, I've never gotten bored of it, probably because there's so many things to learn. You know, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, 4% of all of the foods that 
can be cooked in the world. You know, it's, it's amazing. And I find that kind of really exciting, honestly. Cool. What inspired you to start documenting your food adventures on Dennis the Prescott? Yeah, initially, I started taking pictures of the food dishes that I was cooking, honestly, just to remember them. I was making so many, you know, working through all of these books. And I thought, I want to be able to remember the dishes that I really liked. So I started taking photos. And then this thing called Instagram kind of popped up. So I started an account. I think initially I started an account for my band, actually. And then I started a personal one. And I started posting these photos. Honestly, horrible, horrible photos on Instagram. You can just scroll through my, you know, a few years ago and check it out if you need but really, that's, that's kind of where it started for me. And then all of a sudden, I started to realize, I was like, wait a second, these photos, like if, they, if you catch a certain, the light a certain way, or if you do this, and like I started to have these glimpses of what a really pretty good food photo could be. And then I was like, oh, wait a second, there's something more to this here, right? But initially, it was all, you know, iPhone shots for honestly, probably about two years. So just well, on my phone, snapping photos for documentations. Right. So you mentioned that. I mean, it's, I'm curious. You started on Instagram first and then you sort of branched off to writing more about the food on the blog? Yeah, totally. I only had an Instagram account for quite a while. And probably just because my friends drove me crazy, wanting, saying, you like, you need to write your recipes down. You need to start doing this. I was like, okay, I'll do it. And it was honestly, it was quite a scary thing for me initially because I was, you know, writing those recipes or writing that blog, I found to be a pretty vulnerable thing. And so kind of jumping in, I had a really hard time. I actually wrote the first blog post that I ever wrote, sat in an inbox in my Gmail account for probably six months. And I just was too nervous to, I don't know why, but I was too nervous to post it out there. But once I did, it was really cool because it satisfies this creativity that Instagram, I love Instagram, but Typically, it's one shot until recently in a square format with a little bit of text. With the blog, you can post multiple shots, you know, tabletop ones, this, that, and the other thing. And you can write and really kind of express yourself through that. So there was a creative outlet that I found there that I couldn't find on Instagram or on a Facebook, which I got really into, honestly. I thought it was really cool. I think it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, the blog was something that was kind of a branching off point from your Instagram. What did you find the most challenging when you were starting your blog? I mean, you mentioned that the writing part, you know, you write a lot about yourself. I mean, you're pretty open with your audience on the blog. Was that challenging to sort of be such an open book? It was. Yeah, actually. I think it's challenging for us anyway, you know, to want to do that. For me, it was. And I spent a lot of time, you know, I, w- I didn't go on stage with makeup on or anything like that. But I spent a lot of time, you know, being very thoughtful about how I looked and who I was to the people who are coming to shows and all of that stuff. And it's easy. I unfortunately relate most things back to my music life. So sorry about that. But so for me, I did. I, I had all these walls built up, honestly. And then I started doing this and I thought, wait a second, I need to really take a step back and, and just do this for me. Because honestly, initially, when I started that blog, I mean, I might have 100 people a month looking at my blog posts, you know, like it was very, very small. So it was easy. Honestly, at that point, I I felt like, you know, I'm not getting up in front of 100,000 or 200,000 people on stage somewhere and giving a speech. And it's not to say those 100 people are wonderful, (laughs) you know, but it was easier for me to start out that way. Now, at this point, it's kind of a it's an exercise in vulnerability that I have to remind myself to know you need to be honest, you need to be open. If you're having a bad day, that's okay. If you're having a great day, that's also okay. And just be totally vulnerable or um, transparent, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Yep, for sure. What would you consider yourself first and foremost? Do you consider yourself a a cook, a photographer, a writer? I know you're a musician is a huge part of your life, but in terms of the blog? I don't know. 
Honestly, I mean, for me, I started cooking. That's that's how I started. The photography side of things kind of came after that. I've been really lucky to be able to work and do some commercial shooting and that kind of thing now. And recently, I've been able to kind of branch out into the photography side of things, which is amazing and I love it. But I think initially, my first passion or my first love was food and just cooking food and being able to prepare that dish. Friends and family are around. They come over. You all eat together. It's like this communal thing where you're just hanging out, having a great meal together. And I love that more than anything, more than taking pictures, more than honestly, more than music, more than anything. I just everybody sitting around a table having this fantastic meal. And it becomes something where it's actually not even really about the food anymore. It's about the hang. Like, you know, people don't go a month later or two weeks later and say, oh, you can't. We had the greatest meal. They said we had the greatest night. Right. Because they remember that time that they spent with people. And so for me, being able to be a part of that is amazing. So, I, yeah, I would say probably the food. You just mentioned also that, you know, you've been very fortunate to be doing some commercial photography and stuff like that. But you started out with just using your iPhone on Instagram. How mm-hmm. did you hone your photography and food styling skills? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, there's been some mentors in my life. Some of them I know and some of them don't know me at all. But I just really love their work. So I've kind of tried to find people along the way that I find really inspiring and that, you know, both from a styling standpoint and from a photography standpoint, and then, you know, meeting people personally and saying, you know, I I love your craft. Can we sit down and have a coffee? Something like that along the way. The internet's amazing thing, an amazing thing where you can really go online and see all of this amazing work and kind of put that into your own perspective, you know, and take that and say, I'm not going to do it like that. But I love how this is lit. You know, lighting is the biggest thing in photography. It's the hardest thing to read. You can't really recreate that necessarily unless you practice it, right? And you really haven't. Honestly, I took hundreds, if not thousands of really bad shots to get some pretty good shots. And there's still days where I struggle and, you know, because I shoot natural light. So there's some days where it's really dark on the East Coast and, you know, you're just like, okay, it's not working today. That's, it's just not, it's not working it for me. But I really think it's just this journey where you, you constantly try to get better and you look back. The other thing that I try to do often is take a look at shots that I did maybe six months ago or something along those lines and go, okay, so what was I doing here? What am I doing now? And how did I get from A to B so I can realize what I've learned along the way and keep learning that way? But aside from that, it's just shooting, constantly shooting. Like I take my camera. I mean, my Instagram is only food for sure, but I shoot people all the time. I shoot, you know, when, it, when I'm lucky enough to travel, I probably take a thousand shots in Philadelphia or New York City or Toronto or wherever that are just for me. But all of that helps you practice on how to capture composition and lighting and everything else, which can then kind of cross over into how you do food photography and how you do styling. Gotcha. You mentioned that you followed some people that are real inspirations to you. Who is your biggest inspiration in terms of your photography and your food photography particularly? The biggest is hard to say. David Loftus is fantastic. He shoots most or if not all of Jamie Oliver's stuff. Daniel Krieger is a great friend of mine who he shoots, you know, cookbooks and for the New York Times and, and everything. So those two guys for sure for me are probably the ones who I gravitate towards their work. But I mean, there's like Alice Gao is a great account on Instagram who she does some food, but she does a lot of lifestyle shots too. And I try to follow a lot of, you know, those people as well, you know, who do travel and do everything and just be able to kind of constantly be inspired. But in terms of food, those two guys for sure are the ones that I initially kind of fell in love with what they do. Awesome. Well, with your images of burgers and sandwiches for your stacked column on fwx.com, what's the secret to making a burger look so good? Uh, stack it high. Height, for sure. I, the comment that I get more than any, except for the nice comments, of course, which is great, is 
how could you possibly eat that? And how could that fit in your mouth? And it's just about finding that angle in the way that you shoot that. You know, the reality is a burger might be slightly bigger than what you're going to get at a restaurant for sure, but it's actually not that much bigger. But it's just finding that right angle and the way that you shoot that shot, you know, moving around with the camera a little bit, you know, maybe it means crouching down on the table, maybe, you know, getting a little uncomfortable for a second getting off of your tripod and hand holding it and stuff like that. But in terms of styling it for short, I guess it's like anything you want to, if you're the photographer and the stylist, you need to style towards the camera. So if you're here, camera's here, then you style that way and just style it up. Make sure if you've got, you know, if you've got a tomato in there, look at the tomato and say, okay, if it's, you know, a quarter of an inch thin, it's probably probably not going to show up in camera, but you, so you want to make sure everything's big and bold and, and everything makes sense proportionately. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, that's the thing. When I see those pictures of your burgers and stuff, I'm just like, you get like every single ingredient on like every single like slice of cheese or like whatever. It's all there. And the thing is, so, I mean, I do that now. I'm, you know, I'm looking at it a little bit closer because of the way that I'm shooting. But even initially, I wanted to do it because I was like, I want to get a bite with everything. I want every bite to have every everything in it right so let's like no bun overhang by a couple inches let's get all that meat out there you know and make this the best burger because i feel like if you're gonna you're gonna eat a burger eat a burger like go all in there's a time for healthy and there's a time to just 110 percent eat that burger right so for me that's like if i'm gonna do it 190 percent for sure for sure dennis as I just mentioned, you contribute to foodandwinesfwx.com and you've done some cool videos and of course stacked with them. How did this collaboration come together? Food and Wine, I mean, they're wonderful. I've been with them. Uh, you know, I'm not on staff, but I've been working with them for over a year. And uh, initially, it just, honestly, some of their staff reached out to me on it through Twitter and, get, and sent me a message said that, you know, they really enjoyed my stuff and wanted to see what we could do to collaborate. And that kind of uh, along the way, initially, it was I was just going to do a project for them, or I I didn't even really know. I honestly, I kind of freaked out because it was a huge deal for me, and still is to be able to work with them. I, it's a magazine that I read long before we had anything to do with them, and so then we just had creative meetings along the way, and then eventually decided, you know, how could we kind of take this? And a videographer friend of mine, who's my partner in in the videos, we made a video together with no kind of plan aside from we thought it was a really great idea, and then that turned into to the the series. And there's more of them coming along the way. We're we're starting next week, actually. Awesome. Yeah, definitely check those out. How did your stacked column come together? Where did the idea for that come from? Because I think that's such a great idea. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know why I started doing the stacking things, but I did. You know, it, it happened like, I don't want to sound weird, but it, it did happen organically. Uh, I really just enjoyed it. And with that Twitter reach out, we just decided that that made the most sense. It seemed like I was stacking things and stuff and we could go from there. I mean, you know, I still do that a little bit, but the columns kind of branch out a little bit beyond that where I will do other things now and, and them not be stacked, but definitely kind of I guess the its main focus is like, let's make the biggest, boldest, craziest comfort food possible, whatever that is. You know, it could be stacked in a huge burger. It could be ice cream sandwiches. It could be polenta fries with some dipping sauce, like whatever, but just has to be over the top. Dennis, you have your blog, videos and recipes up on fwx.com and your incredibly well-received Instagram feed. And you're also on Snapchat. Which medium or creative outlet do you enjoy the most? 
I definitely enjoy Instagram the most, for sure, because, you know, as far as the social media world, it's my first love. It's the thing I gravitate towards. It's the thing that I personally go on when I am looking at, you know, other people's social media accounts and what they're doing. But I really do enjoy Snapchat. And I started doing Snapchat with my friends because living in, in Nashville for a while, it was just a really easy way to connect back and forth with them. And then some people were asking me some questions about, this is before I did any videos at all. They were saying, you know, how do we cook X, Y, and Z? So I, I was thinking, how can I do this and do this cost effectively and quickly and just get this out there? So one day I posted on an Instagram picture. I said, follow me on Snapchat. I'm going to show how to make a steak this afternoon, like a restaurant style steak. And I had like, I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of people that added me on Snapchat. It was crazy. So then I thought, well, I better start using this now. <laughs> so you kind of, it wasn't really a choice. It was like by popular demand. <laughs> no, and I, you know, I, I really enjoy it, to be perfectly honest. It's something where I'm still trying to figure out where I fit into that world and how best to kind of use that medium for me. But I really like it and I love being able to connect with people. I feel like it's a different way to connect with people, you know, and I'm able to Snapchat things uh, about my daily life, which I try to do too. And just, you know, it's not necessarily food. It could be you know, like I was dressed up in a suit and tie yesterday. So I took a, pic, a selfie of myself. Like I wouldn't put that on my Instagram account, but I'll put that on there. And it's, so it's a cool way, I think for other people. And, and I follow other accounts that do that too. And it's a way to kind of get a background scene of what that person is actually doing at the time and what's going on in their daily life, which I think is really cool. I always thought when I was a kid, I was, you know, I was a big Radiohead fan or, you know, or whatever. And I was like, oh, I, what are they doing today? You know, like, what are they doing? What are they eating? Are they at a record store? Are they at the mall? Like, I just wanted to know that stuff. So I think that's really cool that we live in a world today where we can get a glimpse into what those people are actually doing because they're probably not making a movie that day or recording a record. They might just be up with their kids yeah. or whatever. But that I think that stuff's really interesting and it helps you to develop this relationship with the person because you're like, oh, I actually know you. You're a real, real human and, and I appreciate you even more. So anyways, so that's why I like that as well. So it's, it's more for me kind of to get that investment in, in what those people are doing in their lives. And if I can be a part of that, that's really cool. Great. Dennis, here at the dinner special, we talk with food heroes about dishes that are special to them and how we can make it at home. Can you talk about a dish that is special to you and maybe a story behind the dish? <laughs> I could pick a hundred. Um, butter chicken. Butter chicken for me is the one that I'll pick. It is the epitome for me of comfort food of anything. Take french fries or burgers or donuts or what I don't care give me butter chicken if I'm feeling you know if I had a bad day it's raining outside whatever butter chicken if my car breaks down butter chicken it's seriously it's it's amazing and I think the reason is I first I fell in love with butter chicken and it was the first time I had it was at an Indian restaurant in Montreal my friend of mine and I just happened to go and I'd never had what to me what at the time anyway was authentic Indian food so it for me was kind of a, a new experience. And then there's a, a family in the city that I live and it's a husband and wife team and their kids actually work a little bit there too. And, you know, they come from India. Initially they moved over and I've kind of developed a little bit of a friendship with them now just hanging out there, honestly, probably just because I, I go there a lot, you know, and talking their ear off and, and like wanting to see in their kitchen and wanting to do all that stuff because I'm that annoying guy who will ask too many questions. <laughs> but no, the, and they're great. And so that was the dish that I had all when I first met them, I went right to that. And it was the one that I was like, oh man, this is amazing. I've never tasted any of the spices. Like, it's a crazy amount of spices, but comforting and you know, delicious and creamy and like, oh, anyway, I could go on and on about how much I love that dish, but I could pick a hundred more if you want me to. Is there a recipe of butter chicken on the blog? 
There is. Yeah, there is a recipe on, on my blog. It's not their recipe. They wouldn't give it. It's a secret. But it's one that I tested probably 80 times maybe before I actually posted it because I wanted it to be right. Like I wanted it to be, you know, I test, I test everything a lot. That's for sure before I put it up. But this one I was very, because I'm really passionate about how great theirs was. So I'm not going to compare it to theirs, but it's the closest that I could get without them giving me the family secret. Gotcha. Well, let's say that you were making this uh, tried and tested butter chicken recipe and you could invite three famous people over to share this recipe with who would you invite over? For sure. Uh, Tom York from Radiohead, Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin, and Bono. Wow. That's uh, quite an array. <laughs> yeah. Tom York because I'm, I'm the biggest Radiohead fan. Jimmy Page because I started playing guitar because I saw him playing and he was just the most amazing guy with a Les Paul ever. And Bono because I really feel like he would be an interesting guy at any dinner party. Like I would probably put him in anything. He, he might take the limelight a little bit though. Yeah. He might over talk and bogart the mic, but I think it'd be fun to have him in there. Cool. Well, I usually ask my guests, you know, what movie would they pair with their dish? But since you're such a a music fan and music lover, what album would you pair with your butter chicken dish? Mm, That's a good question. Anything by Chet Baker. That's what I would do. I don't know if I could pick an actual record of his, but I like to cook with jazz on. I really like that. And he is probably one of my favorite jazz vocalists and just this kind of like really relaxing, drinking a little glass of wine, cooking, like it's just, it's perfect. I also am really into, <laughs> as much as I might, maybe I shouldn't admit this, uh, I'm really into the new Ryan Adams record that he covers Taylor Swift's record. It's super good. Yeah, I saw that on TV the other day. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And it's really shocked me actually at first how, how great it is. I mean, I like Ryan Adams, but so I've actually been cooking that recently and it's pretty cool. For someone who's just starting out and learning to cook like you were, you know, a little while back, who has basic skills and limited resources, is there a recipe on your blog that you can recommend where they can learn something new, gain some kitchen confidence and end up with a delicious dish? Yeah, definitely. You know, if I had to pin it down to one, I'd say one of the noodle recipes and probably the honey garlic noodles. They're a great vehicle. Honestly, noodles are a great vehicle as it is, right? Because they're you can, you know, most cultures in the world have some kind or variation of a noodle dish. You can flavor them so many different ways. And once you kind of learn the basics of that, it's really great. And you can add any protein to it. So if you make honey garlic noodles, they're, they're, it's great with salmon. It's great with uh, shrimp. It's great with steak. It's great with a fried egg on top. It's great just as it is, you know, if you want just a comfort dish. And it's quick and fast and relatively easy. And it's an it's a really great way of getting confidence. I mean, you cook that for your friends and they slurp these noodles up. Like, that's the thing that will make you want to come back to cooking is seeing the look on other people's faces when they're eating that food. You're like, oh crap, I want to do this more. Like I want to, I want that feeling more. So I think that's great. The other thing that I might do, I might suggest it, which is the way that I, I learned was learning how to make soup because soup is this fundamental thing where, it, you know, you don't need to follow a recipe for soup. It's a method. And then once you learn the method for soup, then you can just take different ingredients and put them in and, you know, whether it's potatoes or butternut squash or leeks or bacon or whatever, and kind of change that all around. And, the first, and when, once you get that, you're like, oh, wait a second, what do I have in my fridge? Because I bet you I can make a really good soup out of it if I've got butter, garlic, onions, and then whatever else, you know? Right. No, soup's a great idea because, yeah, I mean, like you said, once you know the process, you just switch up the ingredients and, you know, you got a completely different dish. Yeah, it's, it's great and delicious. You know, any time of year, it's delicious. Right. Well, Dennis, I call the next part of the dinner special podcast, The Pressure Cooker. I'm going to ask you seven fast and fun questions that we want to know your answers to. Are you up for it? Yes. Awesome. Number one, 
Which food shows or cooking shows do you watch? That's hard. Any of the Jamie Oliver stuff. Number two, what are some food blogs or websites we have to know about? Definitely FWX if you don't go on there. I won't say my own, but you should probably go check that out sometime. I am a food blog. It's great. I love that. I love everything she does too. Great. Number three, who do you follow on Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, or Snapchat that make you happy? Yeah, definitely. My friend Daniel Krieger is great. Alice Gao is great. Stephanie from I'm a Food Blog is great. Diala, I can't remember her last name or her name's Diala's Kitchen, is great. She's from Toronto and posts a lot of Toronto shots if you're Canadian. It's, you know, specifically great. Yeah, to those four probably. But there's, you know, I probably follow a ton. Number four, what is the most unusual or treasured item you have in your kitchen? Uh, I collect antiques all the time. So yeah, I've got antique, an antique uh, citrus, like a juicer and an ice cream scooper from like 1880, 1870. And I absolutely love them. Number five, name one ingredient you used to dislike that you now love. Dates. I hated them. When I was a kid, I hated dates. And my dad would eat date squares growing up and just like try to force feed them on me. I was like, no, I was not having it at all. And now I think they're the most delicious thing in the world. Yeah, they're so good. How can you possibly not love dates? (laughs) I don't know. It was probably one of those things where my parents wanted me to do something. So I just did the opposite anyways. And I literally missed out for 25 years. Wow. Well, I mean, you've got it down now, so it's all good. Right. Number six, what are a few cookbooks that make your life better? When I started cooking, I started cooking to the Jamie Oliver cookbooks as, you know, a little plug for a guy I don't know at all, obviously. They're great. They're fast. They're easy. Anyone can make all those those recipes. And it's really great to build your confidence and learn basic easy steps that then you can take from there. So for me, that's initially how I started doing it. Now, honestly, it's from everything. I love antique, like older cookbooks. So kind of collecting ones. I actually just was looking at one the other day that it was a White House cookbook from the early 1900s and all the recipes that the White House made for the president. Oh, wow. So I like, I like a lot of those weird and wacky ones for sure, too. But reading through newer ones as well at the same time. So it's, it's kind of hard to pin exactly one. But if I could say, if you know, ones that helped me out, you know, for sure, initially, it was definitely the Jamie Oliver books. Great. And finally, number seven, what song or album just makes you want to cook? I know you've been cooking with Ryan Adams, <laughs> yeah. Taylor Swift album lately. Is that the one that you would choose for this answer? <laughs> no, I don't think so. But I mean, maybe, you know, but I like I love Alt-J. That's I cook a lot to the Alt-J records. Uh, Foles is a British band that I really love. Anything kind of atmospheric and that helps you that anything like really great drum beat, a little bit of atmosphere I find is really easy to get. And I actually cooked a lot of hip hop too, surprisingly, whether, you know, so I like, I love Jay-Z and I love listening to Jay-Z and Kanye and stuff. And I'm not nearly cool enough to actually say that I'm a fan of theirs, but I really actually love that when I'm cooking. Awesome. Well, congratulations, Dennis. You have officially survived the pressure cooker. <laughs> Dennis, thank you so much for joining me here on the Dinner Special Podcast. You're all over social media. What's the best way for us to keep posted with what you're up to? I mean, on Instagram, for sure, my website, Twitter, Facebook, it's all at Dennis the Prescott. If you want to check out FWX, you know, I'm on there as well. And then, I mean, if you just Google Dennis the Prescott, that'll come up with different because I, you know, I'm very fortunate enough to work with other companies and, and that kind of thing, like Reynolds and Frigidaire and stuff. So a lot of different recipes are on there that I've been able to do for them. And uh, depending upon what they are, if you're looking for chicken wings, if you're looking for whatever, you'll find it somewhere out there. Great. Well, thank you again, Dennis. It's been totally my pleasure. I had a bunch of fun. I hope you had fun too. Oh yeah, it was awesome. Thanks so much for having me. 
Thank you for listening. Head on over to thedinnerspecial.com for recipes, highlights from every show, super blog articles, and all the wonderful ways to keep in touch on social media. Your culinary journey awaits, so let's get cooking.